Hey guys, welcome back to Nightcaps of the Theater. Uh, it, I'm very low energy today, <laughs> as I'm intro- introducing. <laughs> then our, why'd you offer the intro? <laughs> because it's, because it's my week, and I, I, it's it's only fair that I do it. And I think it's more funny if I do it this way. Uh, fair enough. Uh, who are we here this week? I'm just gonna uh, open up this window and oh my god, murder hornets! I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. Yeah, uh, I am. I am Matt, not your mother's 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 day, Cabrera. Oh. And I'm the snowstorm in May that missed New Jersey, Mark Zero Jr. Mm, I wish it would have hit. <laughs> and uh, I guess this is our amuse-bouche segment here at Nightcaps this time around, where we talk about all pop culture, movies, TV, anime, theater, music, the whole nine yards. And there's yeah. so much of it now, thanks to COVID-19. I know. Some would say too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ain't done shit recently. Oh, same. Well, <laughs> does anyone want to start us off on this action? I mean, there's, there's, only one way to, there's only one way to start off this, this episode, and that's with uh, anime, baby. Shut up, oh, weeb. Shut up, weeb. Did anyone watch any anime this week? I, guess I sat I watched- down, I shut up. Uh, (laughs) i guess i watched one thing which i've been talking about for the last few weeks or so yeah and that's uh star wars the clone wars and and it's over wow put a bow on it send it (laughs) off it's done finally until someone else gets their hands on it (laughs) no as long as dave filoni was around he was like no i'm finishing this i don't care what you say disney the fans (laughs) demanded it they, fan- they demanded it so much that we always have to keep a panel open every week to talk about it. Wow. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Were you satisfied? Uh, it was bittersweet, <laughs> but uh, I I liked it nonetheless. Um, I I almost don't think it's over over just because of like, how it ended. <laughs> what Star Wars is going to go on? <laughs> well, the series in general. I'm talking yeah. about. Um, only because there there are so many ideas that uh, I mean I, I I jokingly talked about like you know like every like uh, Star Wars convention I think it's called um, oh boy now I'm trying to think about it Star Wars Celebration oh. uh, that happened like mm-hmm. every two years um, and now with COVID I'm pretty sure like that ain't gonna happen for some time or any convention <laughs> for that matter but they would uh, since it was canceled they always had a panel and they talked about um, some of the story threads they want they they would uh they would throw out to kind of keep the show going and thriving um even even sur- surpassing episode 3 so there was like a lot of story details there stuff they pulled out from expanded universe just to kind of cherry pick and i there there was some stuff here that i remember like looking out there some story threads they decided to keep out which may see some future um stories and other media i can't really say for sure there was there was a whole episode arc dedicated uh, for the clone wars that was then turned into uh, a novel that i read which is actually pretty good but uh who's to say but i don't know it almost felt a little empty like after watching it because i feel like there there should have been a little bit more definitive to it but it kind of ends on a, a kind of depressing note not for 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 good reasons i think because uh it, it ends sort of the way it started with uh, uh specific characters uh kind of kind of 
almost going off into the sunset not literally but like the way they entered is kind of the way they exited and <laughs> and the way it kind of uh ends is the shot of this helmet uh with a specific uh figure in the background hmm. uh, Baby Yoda. Of, uh, oh, <laughs> you guessed it amy sedaris <laughs> <laughs> not quite but oh. uh it's 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 a little ominous and i was looking at i was um, looking at i was listening to some interviews with dave filoni uh creative uh director of the series and he was uh talking about how he wanted the show to be for those who haven't really watched star wars or haven't like kind of finished it <laughs> and cut who kind of left like some beats ominous to like what was happening around it i mean I, like i mean the the last two episodes here uh, revolve around order 66 being initiated and uh there's uh you know, you know the clones turning against the jedi and but like it's not really like said forefront to like how that happens or like what's gonna like like because there's characters that are like in the dark about this like to to some regard they don't really understand why so they, he kind of leaves off on a bit where it's like he doesn't reveal too much uh, I mean, we we as an audience who know Star Wars knows what's you know, what's happening, but to a uh, regular the Yinglings, <laughs> the Yinglings, <laughs> I could use for some Yinglings right now. <laughs> uh, uh, we didn't see many. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> we we do see some some attempts and uh, some some audio taken from. Uh, episode three as well in terms of music and voice which is which it was some nice uh window dressing there oh they got hayden christensen back they actually did oh no uh well <laughs> to some regard you know there were liberties <laughs> taken uh but uh yeah i i did like it i i, I liked it a, a bit uh i i want to go back and just rewatch the series in kind of chronological order because seasons and episodes kind of play out of order for some reason um, I think oh. they do that intentionally. I don't. I don't know why, but uh, and that also involves the movie. The, the these last four episodes are actually kind of like the the prettiest looking the Cloners has ever looked like. Oh. Uh, and it really does feel like a movie. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, each opening of an episode is made to feel like it's like a newsreel from like the uh, from. Uh, World War Two, the space twenties, like like oh, all boys in blue are out there and they're they're, they're conquering the 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 evil menace, you know. It kind oh, of the like humanity! <laughs> My leg. <laughs> and you just hear a, a Wilhelm scream in the background. Um, but yeah, oh, wow. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really it doesn't really do that. Uh, it, it, the the last four episodes kind of like feel like. Uh, an almost two hour long film. So uh, every episode of the series up to that point had done that. Yeah, I, I mean, even even the 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 original movie opened up like that, uh, just like with that because it, it it was setting the tone for how the series was going to be, mm. and uh, it 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 really delivered on that. And it it, it was kind of, it was kind of upsetting seeing one of the characters having to do something that he, that he kind of regretted, and uh, but evidently had to try to accomplish. And it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was devastating, and but uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and rewatch uh, the series as a whole and just have a more kind of more definitive outlook on it and how I felt about it. 
but uh it it was nice it was nice to see kind of like a nice ribbon uh for for the for the series as a whole and who knows maybe maybe it'll come back i don't know some of these characters will come back and they'll come back once we get to another subject so (laughs) i'll uh i'll I'll have more info on that in a bit but uh yep and that's that's where i'll shut up all right, I've got two. Um, one's more of a, a precursor that I guess I'll get out of the way first. Is um, there was this Adult Swim show? I think it was a one-off back in the day in 2018, known as the um, Shivering Truth, the Shivering mm. Truth, and it comes back to Adult Swim this week, and it's a very creepy show. It's like stop motion animation with like blood and guts and and just scary. Like it's very unsettling. And I just want to give that a look out this week. I haven't watched it yet because it hasn't premiered yet, but it, it's something to keep an eye on, I guess, in future. And then aside from that, I've been continuing my rewatch of one of the most classic anime series that you may not have heard of of all time, the uh, horrible dub that is Ghost Stories. Yeah. Oh, this is relevant again, actually. It is? Hmm. Do you have I've news that I don't have? No, I, I, I've I've been seeing it making the rounds. I got like a best of for some reason. It's just been coming oh. up in my YouTube like recommends for some reason. Because um, this uh was it, it's a show that involves middle schoolers, and it's basically a monster of a week show where they hunt down a different yokai or ghost in their school. And in Japan, it was like a regular series, nothing too fancy. But in America, they purposely did a bad dub of it. So like some some of the characters are like um, born again Christians. There's like um, characters with uh, you know different sexualities going on here. There's a few f bomb drop. There's just a uh, tropes that don't fit these characters. Like there's a baby brother, and whenever he sees a ghost, he just his lines turn from like normal lines into. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> They're just <laughs> what are you even saying? It, it, it's funny. Listening to some of the um, clips I was watching earlier this week uh, kind of reminded me of how I used to watch Digimon and just yeah. <laughs> it, there would just be like like weird like lines of dialogue they would throw in there. And, yeah, <laughs> it's like oh like uh, what is this? I don't know, but it looks like he needs a shave and a haircut or yeah, like like, like little bits like that thrown in. But like this is, this is actually like more R rated. <laughs> yeah, well, Digimon was being silly, and I wouldn't even call this Ghost Stories isn't R rated. It's like inappropriate, stupid humor. Mm-hmm. But it, just the fact that they spent their money and did a bad dub of this <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world to me. I kind of so love. Do you that. think it's more popular because of the bad dub? Oh, definitely. Definitely, 100%. No one yep. would know this show if it if it didn't have a bad American dub. It half reminds me of also uh, Dragon Ball Abridged. If, oh, uh, yeah. You guys watch that. Yeah, it does feel like an abridged series, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess I'll shut up. That's my two animes. Hmm. So, hmm. What's our next segment? Oh, our next one up uh, is uh, TV Court Bang Bang. Oh. Who that? Who that? Who that? I've got... <laughs> So much TV to talk about. I, I got about two things. I've only oh. got two things. All right. Well, I better go last then because I'm going to be <laughs> for a year and a half. Uh, all right. You want to go first, Matt? Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, pretty. this is pretty much all I've been focusing my energy on recently is just television. <laughs> and not even like amazing TV. Just eh, it's okay. Uh, I mentioned community last episode and we've... Uh, Finally gotten around to season four, mm. the dreaded season four. This is the <laughs> one where uh, co-creator, or no, I think creator Dan Harmon yeah. uh, was fired from the series uh, before he returned, before he before NBC executives came begging at his feet to return for season five. Uh, 
<laughs> and um, I, it's not as bad as I remember it being, as I feared it would be upon my rewatch. Uh, but it's you could kind of tell that it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more like a traditional sitcom, like every episode kind of ends happily and uh, just characters are acting kind of out of character uh, from where they had been in the first three seasons, but like kind of in a more accessible audience friendly way. Uh, but you know, it still kind of feels like a bit of a betrayal and, and it's just not as, as funny or as uh, clever or as like, it's not handled as well as it had been in the past, but I'm looking forward to uh, season five and six. I know those weren't great either. They definitely don't like scale the heights of the first three, but uh, I remember mm-hmm. there being some laugh out loud moments that I still like yeah. reference in my day to day. Yeah. I feel the same way. And uh, yeah, but those first three seasons, man, they cannot be touched. I think season three has uh, definitely some highlights, but for my money, the best stretch of episodes I would say is the end of season one leading into the beginning of season two. That is mm. oh, fantastic. And I definitely, if anyone is interested in the show, at least please make it that far before you, uh, <laughs> <Quit up>. it. <laughs> not that, you know, not that it's bad up to that point either. It's just becomes so much more. Uh, it, that just uh, makes me think of like the office. Remember how bad the office got? Oh, I stopped watching. Like oh, I, don't, uh, I think I've still seen season nine. I think I remember watching season one. It was like, what, six episodes long? It was like their pilot yeah. season. And that's where it's like, yeah, I don't think I want to watch oh, any further. But those were the good times. <laughs> I, I understand that. And I, 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 I applaud people's like, you know, like, like love for the office, you know, warts and all, yeah. especially when it gets like, you know, the seasons without Michael. But uh, I don't know. It just never dragged me in. I mean, I'll see an episode when it comes on, like a, like a classic one, like, like some of like the, I don't know. When, when, when does, um, Steve Carell leave like season, season seven seven yeah. oh wow I was on the mark uh it was uh, five episodes before the finale or four episodes before uh but uh I I, I you know like uh, someone someone in my house will like have it on and I'll watch it and, I, and I'll chuckle but like without even like knowing the context of like what's the episode about but uh mm-hmm. it was never something that I could really like get into yeah no I think like uh Parks and Rec that show didn't find its footing until season two season two is like probably the best season of the office Mm. that's a good comparison yeah Yeah, those those first six episodes (laughs) that's where they get you Mm. and uh let's see what else oh yeah we uh we started watching la casa del papel oh yeah la La casa del papel Mm. uh otherwise known as i guess more popularly known as money heist yep mom started watching that this week oh boy Mm. this is uh i mean hmm, it's it's fine it's like a solid b show um the like the characters are somewhat inconsistent from episode to episode and it's it's like not quite prestige television like it really reminds me a lot of shows like prison break (laughs) uh mid-2000s long form shows that were that were popular and were like praised for the time but now this show coming out in 2016 and they just had like their most recent batch of episodes drop last month. It was um, it it feels a little bit outdated already, uh, especially with some of the setups that they have. Like a lot of the plot momentum is just 
banking on characters being dumb or just acting stupid, which I I really don't like to see. I, I want to see my characters like outsmarting each other. And <laughs> there is a good amount of that here too. But, you know, sometimes the show just kind of tests you a bit too much and you're like, oh, come on. Like, why is it? Why do they have to do it like this? You heard but, it here. Matt said them characters is too dumb. <laughs> but like, it's... It's it's a fine show. And I, I, I don't really have... There's not really like a character that you really root for. Um, they do kind of... I mean, I guess with a long-form show like this, uh, we watched the whole first season and it takes place over, I think, three... Yeah, three days or two and a half days. So it's really, really long form. They stretch it out. This money heist, man. It's it's like you're watching it in real time. And uh, yeah, it, each each episode will kind of have you wavering back and forth with like who you're rooting for, like either the hostages or the people actually carrying out the heist. You know, they all kind of have some sympathetic quality to them, but none of them really kind of like rise above that those like broad strokes of characterization. Hmm. So I'm not really attached to anyone. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, I just feel like the show, it could be a little bit more and it's such a phenomenon, which is crazy. Like lots of people are watching and people I would have never expected to, uh, (laughs) to start it uh, like a certain mother on here. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> but I don't know. It it just leaves me kind of wanting more, and I wish I had invested my time in something a little bit more substantial. But it is a fun little diversion, and you know, if you have time during this lockdown, sure, why not give it a shot? I've only finished season one, or I guess uh, part one. This was a. This was a show that aired in Spain as uh, one season in 2016, and then they brought it over to Netflix and split that into two parts. <laughs> they, like re-edited every episode, made it each other money, shorter. money, 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 money. <laughs> and you could kind of see that. You could see yeah. this, that a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the second season came. I don't even know when. Like, I don't think they were expecting this to have a second season until it became such a huge hit. And then uh, that comprises parts three and four on netflix so i don't know i guess i'm gonna get around to them i hope i I think the second season is shorter i hope so because 13 episodes is kind of a long time for a show like this like if they were eight episode seasons i'd be like okay this is totally fine i could i could spend the time on this but i've spent like what 10 hours watching this already and i don't really care for it that much yeah yeah whatever i guess uh there are worse things to do during quarantine Mm-hmm. And worse things to watch. We're going to get to a few. <laughs> oh, boy. At least I'm not uh, addicted to hard drugs. <laughs> oh, That's I'm going to need me. some. That's it for my uh, TV cord. I'm going to go back to my seat, Your Honor. All right. All right. Um, I guess I'll... St- oh, wait. Do you still have to go? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I, gotta, I, gotta, I only have two things. I'll be, uh, okay. I should be fast. Um, no problem. I, uh, I finished The Mandalorian. That's <laughs> you right. did. I, that's right. I lied. I I lied when I said I finished it. Like all uh, the months you ago. You bastard. Uh, that that was at a time where I was very like poo pooing Star Wars, and 
you know, like, I, I, I do have to say where it's not, like, I'll, I'll go into it. But uh, yeah, I, I finished. The, it was the last two episodes. And I think it was just around the time Rise of Skywalker had come out. And oh, yeah. I, and I was just I was a neck. I was a very, very negative Nancy. Well, look who came crawling back. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, like <laughs> if you ask me, I never left. I, like, <laughs> I, I was just. I was just shouting from my porch, like saying, oh. yeah, yeah, "Get get off my lawn!" Don't call it a comeback, <laughs> I, I, John. I, get, yeah. like, Disney, get out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, it, it was nice. You know, it, it's I, these last two episodes were directed by I think uh, Deborah Chow and uh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ta- Taika actually had like one of the most um, expensive, ambitious episodes to direct here. Yeah. Uh, I give him a lot of credit for um, it. I can't say it's it's like the best thing I've watched, uh, but uh, it's yeah, it was it was entertaining. I, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I, I I have my own issues issues with the show. I think as a whole, because I, I rewatched it from start to finish yesterday when I was like doing some idle things. Oh, wow. Um, uh, but uh, it's it's definitely it's it's definitely something new that uh like I think in time once season two rolls around, it, I think it'll fight its footing um it's it's a lot a lot of cool things i haven't i'd never thought i'd expect to see on film uh, when it came to star wars and uh, it's uh it's 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 quite cool Uh, it's quite cool to see some of that stuff i uh, story beats and some of the writing i think could use some fine fine tuning but you know like like i said i think uh once i i think who knows in the next few months if that'll end up happening um i don't know if they said it'll be put on hold due to corona outbreak but uh apparently they have a slate to say it's coming uh i think in october november of this year so i don't know yeah we'll uh, see but yeah, yeah it was it was a it was a it was a fun ride uh next one and in relation to the mandalorian i've been watching uh the gallery uh which is uh sort of a docu-series uh surrounding the mandalorian oh. it, ju- it just aired i think monday uh, uh, due to you know may the force and i think <laughs> episode two went up yesterday on friday mm-hmm. and yeah you know like the first episode kind of dives into like the the directing process it's it's kind of like a round table discussion uh with uh creators john favreau dave filoni and uh, they they bring in a whole slew of um, you know the the the, the creative process you know what no when it, there's the uh, d- directors then they have the the animation uh, uh, more behind the scenes uh, uh, centric people um, you know in terms of like you know animators uh, set uh, set designers uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is there um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I yeah. heard the bitterness in that name. <laughs> uh, I mean, she, she's there for obvious reasons because well one that, that she's headed lucasfilm and that she has a long-standing involvement with uh george lucas and uh steven spielberg but uh the first episode uh, surrounds the directors that's with uh filoni uh favreau bryce dallas howard deborah chow uh rick uh i'm gonna butcher, butcher his name rick uh uh fami fami famiwa and uh taika watiti and just kind of like a lot, a lot of people kind of like getting their footing when it comes to directing. Even Dave, uh, Dave Filoni here, because he's more in tune with the animation side. You know, he's he got to start with, I want to say, King of the Hill, and then moved on to Avatar: <laughs> The Last Airbender, and that's where um, George Lucas kind of like sought him out. And it's like, yeah, I want you to work for me. It's like, 
All right, that's a, uh, who, who's the who's the prankster here? Because yeah, he thought like the people from uh, SpongeBob were pranking him when Lucasfilm <laughs> gave him the call, and uh, so Those it was dead uh, SpongeBob rascals. He, he actually has the the most to say when it comes to these episodes so far, just because of how close he's he's been with George and how much they've talked with one another. Because like he he was meant to take over before uh, Disney had kind of like. Uh, uh, kind of like got the reins in like he was he was meant to be like like george's surrogate son and, <laughs> to, hear him, and to hear him talk about star wars especially when like when it comes to like even defending the prequels especially episode one like he he he's a man who really gets it he, re- he really like understands like george's mindset and he doesn't really miss a beat when he comes to talking about like the story side of things uh, when it comes to like the characters and work comes from uh, point a to point b and like where it involves the skywalker family and it's just a delight to kind of hear him because even in the second episode of the uh, the docu series, because you know, we're going back and forth between uh, who's talking uh, around this like uh, like round table of uh, creators, because I think the next one might involve the actors, so they'll bring in um, uh, I think is uh, Pedro um, Pascal mm-hmm. and um, uh, slew the other actors as well, like. I think for the last six minutes, it's just Dave talking and like it, it, it's just a delight. And that's what kind of like, like still has me like in the clutches of just, you know, like really like liking Star Wars is just like knowing the kind of in-betweens and like what makes it kind of special because something that almost kind of turned me off is uh, in the promo for the show. Uh, you hear Dave talk about Star Wars is about family. I was like, oh God, he, he's he's just taking something that Carrie Fisher said when it, when it came to uh, like the last Jedi promos. Cause it was just like one thing. She didn't have much to say, at least didn't give her much to say. Mm. Um, but, uh, uh, like, but then like adding a, more of that context, like what he means behind that. It's, uh, it's actually really special. And, you know, it, that's, that's kind of why, that's kind of why like, you know, like Star Wars will never like leave. I'll never leave it behind. It'll always be there. I'll, I'll always have something like to, to grab on uh, for better or for worse you know there'll always be something i, I won't acknowledge maybe especially like this newest uh, trilogy of films but some there'll always be something there which you know i'm i'm happily happily to kind of s- still stay around for so as much as i give it a lot of shit for for whatever reason it'll always still be there so that's that's what kind of like still like hammers home for me so um yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm I'm a bit rambly right now, but uh, and uh, but in recent news in terms of a uh, Mandalorian, because we're still on that subject here too, um, Tamara Morrison, who was famous for playing Jango Fett, has now been confirmed to play Boba Fett in season two of The Mandalorian. What a twist! <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> and he's had a long-standing involvement with uh, with Lucasfilm and uh, the Fets as well. Yeah. <laughs> the Fett family. In one of the many re-releases of the original trilogy, um, they he he became the dub voice for for Boba Fett, uh, for his uh, on-screen um, stuff. So uh, hmm. I'm excited to see him back in the spotlight. Uh, I think they've been prepping him for for a while now. You know, uh, he's been popping in just small things like Moana and um, Moana's uh, not small. <laughs> uh, Aquaman. Oh, you mean like small roles? Yeah, that's that, okay. yeah, kind of like what I'm getting I like, at. I, I thought about that. And I was like, no, he. I don't think he voiced Moana. <laughs> and, and, and to bring it back to Clone Wars too, um, uh, there's been some uh, with, with the recent buzz where it's like Rosario Dawson might be playing Ahsoka <gasps> in, in The Mandalorian. There's also some concept art with another 
supposed character, uh, a clone <laughs> that uh, might be uh, there as well. So he might be double cast here, and uh, I'm I'm I'll be pleasantly surprised if uh, both those <laughs> characters are on screen together. It's, hmm. uh, it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting in the in the, in the months to come. Well, I'm sure as I'm watching it, it will not mean nearly as much to me as it does to you. <laughs> I, I, it will mean even less to me. <laughs> I suppose. But I hope it's good. Yeah. That's, uh, just, uh, that's the life of a casual. When, when, when and if I ever get to talk to Dan, um, I, 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 I like to have a conversation with him. I, I, a nice tall glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> While me and Matt cover our ears in the corner and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, but, um, uh, that's that's all, that's all I got. Oh well, I don't understand how anyone could speak about ten minutes on a specific topic. Anyway, here's the seven and a half hours of Drag Race related content that I watched this week. So let's begin with um, we're here on HBO. As I said last week, this is an HBO show that follows Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, and Shangela throughout America, trying to bring drag to these little bumpkin towns throughout the country. Uh, <laughs> They go to Twin Falls. I don't know what state that's in. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't look it up. I didn't care. Let's um, say uh, Utah. Yeah, it's probably Midwest somewhere. Um, but they go to Twin Falls, and these episodes are really emotionally packed. Like, there's some sad stories with, like, people dealing with, like, their kids who have, like, sicknesses and just trying to be accepted in their community. And then some people are living with their grandparents and, like, providing the only form of, like income for that family and it's it's really powerful and it's about finding yourself i I think it's an emotional drag related show that isn't sponsored by rupaul in any way shape or form (laughs) are you you saying that uh drag race is about family just like Uh star wars it used to be about family now it's about that money baby (laughs) star wars i thought we were talking about fast and furious (laughs) that whole time well it's been a long day (laughs) <laughs> and on the last episode this week they went to Branson, Missouri and they actually had this uh, person dealing with their sexuality while being a Christian quote unquote and in Branson, Missouri is like the Las Vegas of the Christian Midwest <laughs> that's how they, they deemed it and it was just I wouldn't like to live in these towns I don't understand how these people live there I, I, <laughs> I would not be able to function, I'm sorry <laughs> it just seems so boring <laughs> yeah, fair enough nothing's ever going on yeah, I'm um, sure they got a state fair. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, then we have regular Drag Race, which I think we only have two episodes left. So by our next Amuse Bouche, we will have a finale. But fear not, uh, Corona can stop a lot of things. But All Stars Five Baby premiering June sixth on VH1 because Showtime is having technical difficulties with the rights, so it's not huh. leaving VH1. Interesting. And that gives us eight more weeks of. 24-hour drag race content. Uh, All-Stars 5 sees the return of fan favorites Shea Coulee, who better win, Miss Cracker from New York City, Blair St. Clair, uh, Alexis Mateo. It just looks like a good All-Star season, and these All-Star seasons are always the best. They're always the pinnacle of everything. (laughs) The budget is here, and it looks wonderful. On uh, season 12, which continues to get the shaft despite being a stunning cast, we had a makeover episode where they invited super fans from Drag Race and did them up. And then last episode, they had Whoopi Goldberg, who you may know. Whoopi! She was, <laughs> uh. she was uh, co-hosting a challenge directed around uh, making a one-woman show. So it was interesting, but none of them were really funny. And it was weird. And you could tell that the producers are 
they have a hand in who goes home and who stays because some of them just were not good and they clamored their praises and even the editing couldn't save them. But that's just my humble opinion. Do you think when uh, Whoopi Goldberg fucks or wants to fuck, she asks wow. her partner wants to make her? <laughs> Wait. Oh, well, oh God. That question's going to keep me up tonight. But... <laughs> oh, my God. Let's hold a poll for our audience. What do you think, audience? <laughs> well, well, obviously, it's Goldberg the wrestler. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. I thought she would just exclaim whoopee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, celebrity drag race continues with no celebrities except for one. The closest we've gotten to a celebrity so far is Vanessa Williams, who's, you know, a singer, actress. Um, They had a few weird ones. They had this comedian I didn't know anything about. They had Alex Newell, who's a Broadway person, and they had a guy from Schitt's Creek that isn't Dan Levy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like one of the minor characters, but apparently Gabe knew who it was because he watched Schitt's Creek. And I was like, okay, I guess. But these aren't actual celebrities. I was thinking of uh, Eugene. Nope. Nope. Dan Levy. Yeah, I don't know who that is. It's neither of the... Isn't that his dad? Isn't his dad Dan Levy? Yeah. They're the they're both creators of the show. Yeah, the whole family's in that show, Matt. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you did. Despite uh, despite the constant recommendation. No, no that was me. <laughs> I, I talked about it uh, some time oh, ago. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. my god. He, yeah, he whoa, Dan Levy, he has his father's <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, so that's all the drag. Let's get into some awful, awful shit TV. So I want to see if you can guess. There's a certain show that I watched that I knew was going to be horrible. It's and American God, Horror Story is back. No, boo, 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 boo. <laughs> you, you're oh, getting warm. Okay. You're getting warm. And I, I watched it for one particular. I didn't watch it. I saw like two episodes of it, and I immediately said, "I can't. I want to keep my eyeballs intact, and I don't I mean, want to rip out my own eyeballs." Nah. I know what it is. It, it's god awful. Hollywood. Hollywood, baby, the Ryan Murphy gem retelling of 1940s Hollywood. That sucks. Oh, God. It's awful. It's so bad. Does it make uh, Glee look like a masterpiece? Does it make what? Does it make Glee look like a masterpiece? Oh, but I'm not a Glee person either. (laughs) They're bad on par. I think he did good things with like period pieces because he had um that uh, Bet versus Jones show that was actually pretty decent. Oh yeah, I mean I I hear like even OJ is actually pretty. Oh good yeah, OJ is good. The crime stories are good, but this whatever, oh whatever my god, it's a crime story. It it's probably in hiatus because I thought he was going to have like a Katrina season. Yeah, but they never got to that. Hmm. Yeah, strange. Hmm. They had Gianni Versace, <laughs> and they had OJ. Uh, but this is not good. I only watched because Patty Lapone's in it, and I only watched it because there's a few scenes where part of my friend she gets fucked in the ass, <laughs> and just to see wait, wait, star literally or metaphorically both, <laughs> <laughs> just to see star of stage and screen, and she clearly enjoyed it because she was on her Instagram going, "Hey, look who gets to fuck me in the ass today," <laughs> oh, oh my. and. Uh. Because I love her so much, but just to see her, that that's the only joy I got from this show so far. Even though it is based on 
I mean, loosely on some historical accuracy. So there was this dude, Scotty Bowers, and he ran a service station in Hollywood. And by service station, he'd fix your cars and also fuck around. And that's how Hollywood worked because you'd get like a, an ingenue or a star and then you'd fuck a executive and then you'd be in a movie. Oh, now I know what this is. I just saw a trailer for this. This, Yeah, this definitely looks like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't go in expecting it would be good. <laughs> I knew it was going to suck. I, I even know like this was even based on actual events. It's loosely based on actual events. Oh, boy. That's like loosely saying Stevie Nicks is the, the white witch in American Horror Story. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> it's true, but we can't confront him on historical inaccuracies. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really bad. Really, really bad. Um, and I'm going to... I'm going to segue into something that I thought would be worse, <laughs> question mark. Um, hmm. Believe it or not, Westworld has ended season three. I know. Uh, right. Oh, it's it over went, already. It went by so quick. It was only eight episodes, which I think is shorter than a normal season. Yep. And they actually did it okay. I think the ending was good. It left um, a lot of questions for season four. I don't know if um, Evan Rachel Wood is going to be back for season four. Oh, that's spell, spell good news for her character. I don't know if Aaron Paul's going to be back for season four. Ooh. I think I'm... Tandy Newton might. <laughs> Tandy Newton? Tandy Newton. <laughs> Randy Newton? Well, they, they but... could just say they gave Dolores an upgrade. <laughs> now she's like a tank or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dolores, our mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I've, I've researched about the season, it, it almost looks like they could come back. Oh, yeah, 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 they can, definitely. But I don't know if, like, they'll physically be in the room with other actors. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, who knows? Which, I mean, they pulled the same shit with Anthony Hopkins after season two, so. That I did see, yes. I, yeah. I'm tempted to spoil myself. I don't know if I'm going to watch this, uh, but I'm curious now. Don't do it, oh. Matt. Don't I thought it. it was I thought it was actually pretty decent. Like I said, the fight scenes have been great. Aside from that one genre episode, which is like the drunkest watch in history that I mentioned last week. Yeah. Worst episode of television I've seen in forever. Um, it was good. They had this uh, French AI supercomputer <laughs> who was also Ooh, schizophrenic. So it was a French schizophrenic AI supercomputer. Ooh, je suis... and... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they had, um, what's his name in this season two? The guy, why can't I remember him? He's like a really famous French, I don't know if he's an American actor, but he was in Black Swan. He's like the teacher. Yeah, he's like, married to Nat- Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's like Parcel. Part. Oh, I, I don't know his actual name, but I know who, who he is. Yeah, hmm. I, f- I forgot his name too, but he's I, in I it. I first saw him in um, Ocean's 12, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. in that too. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was, it was good. Um, and the final episode did way better with my expectations. I was like, this, this is okay. I, this was better than season two. Hmm. All, All things right. considered. Fair um, enough. uh, I'll it's save it. the good things for last. Oh, wait, what, Matt? What, what about compared to season one? Oh, season one is still the best. I, okay. I love season one. Season one's super cool. Season one is like one of those shows where it's like, it, you don't need to keep going. Because, first of all, they had no idea what to do with the show after season one. But they yeah. did. They had a five-year plan, accordingly. Yeah, a, a five-year plan? No, that's that's like like, like HBO. Game of Thrones? Them, Game of, <laughs> that, no, that's like HBO giving them a five-year plan. That's not like them saying. They literally, they legitimately say it. It's like, we don't know what to do next. That's why they took two years to create season two. Hmm. <sighs> 
All right. Um, I'm going to... Something good that I know you guys probably won't watch on Netflix because it's a it's a baking show. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's my bread and butter and the rest of you are just like, oh, this fucking kid and his baking maybe, show again. I, maybe April would be interested in that. I, I watched yeah. The Big British. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember? Well, there's a, a Big British uh, spinoff featuring no baking but flowers that's coming soon. It's like the... <laughs> The, the fucking flower competition or whatever they call it. Uh, the big flower fight or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the fucking flower fight. <laughs> but it looks just as good. I mean, I can't eat flowers, but I'll watch it just the same. Uh, but a, a big British Bake Off winner, Nadia, got her own show on Netflix. And oh. it's called Nadia's Time to Feast. It's eight episodes, 30 minutes of telling her how to, she's telling you how to make quick, easy, and delicious meals, and they actually all look really good. And she's a genuine personality. Uh, not to say that the other winners of uh, Big <laughs> British Bake Off are doing hard drugs in the corner, but she seems like a person that you'd want to watch, and she seems, like, you know, genuine. It doesn't seem like a scripted character for her. I think I do kind of want to get into baking. I've, I've liked it whenever <laughs> I've done it. I mean, I was baking yesterday. I had a, Baked I had a... Cheetos don't count, Matt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Baking is a lot of fun. I think it's uh, totally zen. Yeah, I think I'm the same camp as uh, as uh, oh, whatever your name is, Mark. <laughs> it's Lavernius. <laughs> I've got a few beers in front of me, so excuse me. <laughs> oh. In front of you, um, they should be in you. <laughs> they we're going to work on that. Uh, next, two more to go for me. I think if I can read my notes correctly, yes, I have what we do in the shadows. Still best show on television. Oh. I don't know Ooh, why no. the fuck you assholes ain't watching this fucking show after all of my recommendations. I don't watch television. Hey. I watch oh. streaming. Oh, then stream it. I can't. <laughs> you got your you parents can, logging. You can figure it out. <laughs> Wait, if you, have, if, you, if you have a cable network, can you watch it? Like, yes. Yeah. Through the website? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, maybe I can do that. This changes yeah. everything. That's how I've been watching Better Call Saul and <laughs> Killing Eve and what we do in the shadows. I will eventually. So I won't spoil it, but uh, these What We Do in the Shadows episodes, the funny is consistent. Uh, nice. One of them is about them getting like one of those old cursed haunted email chains, like send this <laughs> to 10 people or you will die. And I love that. In the background, Guillermo is like being like the badass vampire hunter that he is. And it culminates in, like, another iconic ending scene. And then last episode this week was all about Colin Robinson. And he gets a promotion and hilarity ensues. Wow. Yeah. I don't don't want to spoil anything because I know Matt will definitely watch this. Yeah. I I wanted to get to it this week, but uh, fucking Money Heist drained me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Money Heist. (laughs) It did get a little exciting in its last two episodes. Wait, was this AMC? No, this is FX. Oh, I'm sorry. There's too many TV stations nowadays. Uh, you only got to know FX and AMC. And FXX and wow, FXXX. And... Oh, I, st- I still never finished You're the Worst. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. My favorite uh, television program was uh, the Spice Channel. What? With Spice Girls? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it there. Oh, oh. boy. Okay. <laughs> is this something that would... Come let's, on, let's, late let's at night. Move, let's be, move on. Be, just be completely white let's, uh, static. Let's, uh, let's, let's just keep going. I think well, I'm that was my time channel, reserved for praying. That's it. I, don't, I never watch those channels. 
I'm, I'm familiar with this channel, but the, the logo in my memory is just white static. <laughs> that I would mess around with the antennas to try to make a picture out of. <laughs> Maybe you can research this. <laughs> Only 90s kids will know. Oh, right, yeah, I'll re- I'll re- I'll re- I was this. a 90s boy. <laughs> I'll research it on my work laptop real quick. <laughs> you rule. And, <laughs> and then lastly, of course, I have Killing Eve. Uh, I, I started uh, the first episode. I, I didn't finish it. Oh no! I'm getting I, I'm getting through it. I will say it picks up because uh, the season started a little bit slow. Even though there is a, a zany ending to episode one that I'm uh, sorry you didn't get to. <laughs> I will kind of yeah. It's kind of a, a inciting incident for the season, but I will say the sexual tension is back. <laughs> um, and there is this episode where we think, oh, we're just headed for Poland. How fun! And they're in Poland. They're chilling at a farm. Some people and. The whole episode is like cutting from the major characters. So you'll get like Villanelle, you'll get Eve, you'll get so-and-so. And and you're like, well, okay, what's going on? And they're loosely tying together this story. And you're like, all right, where's this going? And then in the last minute, you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it all comes together and it's just wonderful. Looking forward to that. Yeah. When I sent you that Facebook chat that said killing Eve went there. (laughs) <laughs> that was the about a minute after it happened. <laughs> uh, it was it was good. It was good shit. Wow. Yep. What I don't get is that in the, I mean I get it, but in the first episode, I thought it was kind of funny how I think when they're introducing Eve again in season three, episode one, she's in a Koreatown like <laughs> section. Yeah. And I think the show wants you to think that she's like in Korea or something. No, no, I, she's I, still in London. Yeah, but like, they hide it. Like they, you know, you're just racist, is all. No, no, no. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody's speaking English for the whole scene until the very end when they reveal that she's in England still, and uh, there are no white people until that moment either. It's all Asian casting, uh, presumably Korean, and it's I, it was just a weird like bait and switch. Like I'm not sure why they tried to go for that. I liked it. Like, I don't know. It, it just felt weird to me. It, I, I like the idea. It mystery the and intrigue. The yeah, the execution was lacking because as soon as she was in that market, I was like, okay, that's like a just a regular Korean market probably in in England. And uh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but well, that's my TV. <laughs> every, everything else in that episode was good so yeah. far that I've seen. I'm definitely looking forward to... Uh, to get into know more of it, especially that first scene. Mm. Want to know oh. who that character is. Standout character. You didn't even get to her? Damn, you really got like five minutes into that episode. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, maybe we're talking about different characters. I'm not sure. No, we're no, we're not. <laughs> I, okay. All right. She's in episode one. We will see then. All right. Uh, that's my TV done. Well, bang, bang the gavel. Court, court oh. is out of session. Bang, bang. <laughs> and and uh, now now we move on to bring, bring the movie phone. Yay. Uh, I'm not going to pick up because I didn't watch anything. Oh. Uh, guess what? I don't think I... Nope, I watched nothing either. What the fuck? Well, I watched some things. <laughs> Buckle up. We have a podcast on multimedia and y'all didn't watch any fucking movies? Hey, there's a virus out there, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was Ooh. trying to catch up on some Z's. <laughs> that means I have to fill out like a, mass, a normally mandated, contractually obligated six hours of movie phone. Yeah, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. All right. Um, I started with the absolute banger of 1936's Showboat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> Everyone knows Showboat. It was one of the original musicals for the stage directed by Florence Ziegfeld. And the movie version is a close adaptation. It is very racist, but <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> And we watch these movies for posterity. It's got Hattie McDaniels in it, who you know from Gone with the Wind, doing her classic, you know, Mamie character. But I think it's good. It holds up. It's a good musical. It, it just, you know, it doesn't hold a candle to today's themes, but it's interesting to see where we came from in both musical theater and actual movies, I, I think. Hmm. Um, came from racism. Going... A lot of racism. Yeah, yeah. In going from that, I went to another Western. I've been on a Western kick. Uh, this Western actually stars Marlena Dietrich and James Stewart in one of his original roles. Hmm, nice. Um, this is Destry Rides Again. And it's about <laughs> a dude who comes to town and there's uh, Marlena Dietrich who's working in a brothel and there's corrupt, you know, Westerners doing things, stealing cattle, and they're trying to stop this crime. And it's more of a comedy but it ended on a super downer note. <laughs> wow. Which I did not see coming. And it kind of got me. And I was like, oh, well, I I guess that's shocking. I, I didn't really know that it would gonna it was gonna end this way. <laughs> but apparently it did, you know, start James Stewart's career, and it did um, kind of re relight Marlena Dietrich's career. Because it was fading fast after a while, even though I I do own the majority of the Marlena Dietrich movies, thanks to Criterion. Uh, this was just something I wanted to watch to add to that viewing pleasure. And then lastly, I have something a little more up our boat. A classic from the vault that I decided to give a rewatch. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Ah. Oh, wow. I love this movie. This is where I get 90% of my humor and comedy from. <laughs> because... I think Elvira is one of the funniest characters in all. Like, this is definitely going to be a future watch on the podcast. I was thinking about maybe for Halloween if we survive two Halloweens from now, but I don't she know. Was, she was actually supposed to show up in uh, my uh, uh, my last movie before we, we had the drop to uh, Netflix and, uh, and chill. Wow. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Yeah, Cassandra Peterson um, is the actress playing Elvira. And it's just, it's so funny. There's so many campy one-liners and they all land. It is a stupid plot about her inheriting a mansion from her rich aunt that she never knew. And there's uh, occult magic involved. And it's just hilarious. I I fucking love Elvira as a character. I really do. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. it's just a joy. I needed I needed to laugh because we all need comedy. Where would we be without comedy in this dark time? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that wraps up my movie phone. <laughs> that was a quick one. Yeah, Ooh. I know. Well, I'm gonna have Go a figure. Roll, have rollover minutes. <laughs> gonna have to stack them into the next amuse bouche. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's our next segment, oh, host of the week? Uh, well, our next one is, oh, man, what, what, which one was this? Do we have theater? 
Peter, what um, what was it? Um, what I've, do we do I've, on the boards? I've, yeah, I've, I've trotted the boards. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> trot the boards, darling. Off the record for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, do any of us watch any theater this week? I have a few theater things that I watched. In fact, I got one thing. Uh, I listened to my shot off the Hamilton soundtrack. Which we- <laughs> wow, how cultured of you. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. You're only 20 years too late to that craze. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll go first just because, you know, just, I just got one thing. But uh, I'm yeah. tired. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, I watched uh, Frankenstein. Starring, Frankenstein. Starring... Uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Hmm. Uh, this this was um, popular back in uh, 2011. Uh, this was actually directed by Danny Boyle, which makes a lot of sense why Johnny Lee Miller's uh, in this too, because he was in Train Spotting. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I this went up for free. I think uh, with um, I think Fathom, I had put this up, and this was um, also like. Uh, marketed in uh local like movie theaters i remember when i was working there like this was promoted quite a bit and what made it a little bit more popular too for this uh stage adaptation was that uh cumberbatch and uh and uh, miller kind of swapped roles as the creature and as uh frankenstein Mm -hmm. for uh up for different performances and they huh. differed uh, a little bit. I I've always seen uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, as uh, the monster or creature, as it's kind of listed here. Um, I, I they they put up both versions, but I just decided just to watch uh, uh, Cumberbatch's, and I wasn't crazy about it. A lot of people were praising it, um, and this was only like recently because uh, it, it went up for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I I I can't really understand the hype behind it now. I understand a lot of the imagery that's used here because uh, it, it it opens with like uh, a sort of like it's like a chrysalis almost and like uh, uh, he kind of emerges like uh, Frankenstein emerges from it like as if like you know he's like a, you know, he's like a newborn he's, he's like being half, birthed from the womb he's like half naked he's like he's like like crying he's squirming on the floor he, he's like like the whole time actress and, and like as soon as, like, get, as soon as he's like get it's for almost maybe 10 minutes he's doing this and, he's being born it takes a, long, a little bit longer than I, 10 minutes i understand that but for, for the for the length of time that it happens it's it becomes irritating and by the time he's able to like walk up straight and i've already joked about this but it looks like i was watching tommy pickles from the rugrats walk around on yep. stage and 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 him just in, in utter joy now i and yeah and then and that all that kind of like speaks to like what that's uh uh implementing there but it at the same i i can't say that it's like it's great you know like i i it, yeah like i there, there's some lighting effects that they use here to make it seem like you know like oh like you know he he can't open his eyes he's he's blinded by the light you know like because uh, it's the Is he revved up like a douche uh, <laughs> odor of the night <laughs> uh but as you know the performance goes on and, uh, and he like he's he's they they take a lot of liberties uh, from the Mary Sh- uh, Shelley uh, book, yeah, and 
that they you know they exaggerate some some moments here and there there's some weird kind of uh interpretive dance <laughs> that they, that they put in here that i'm not a fan of that doesn't uh, surprise me it, I love a good interpretive dance, but it it, it doesn't mean anything. It, 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 it it's interpretive. It didn't, it didn't add anything. It didn't say anything. That's that's the whole point. What's and the context of this dance? It it's like people on a train, and then like as if they're the train, and then they're yelling oh. at him as he's crawling. But it doesn't. I think it means the progress of humanity. Doesn't doesn't, but it doesn't add anything. It's only Shut there up, for. Weed. It's there for. It's only there for like a couple of. Like, like hardly like a couple of minutes, and, and then it's like okay, train's gone, and and uh, they spend a lot more time with the with, with the blind man that he t- that takes him in and teaches him how to like to to read and write. Yeah, and uh, that that that's actually the best part of of, uh, of the performance there too, like how he's learning and how he hey, like he's trying to see like like the the ins and out and how humanity operates and like how history used to be and how it is now and like how he's afraid of being accepted by society and it, it goes for him like being like like thrown away by like the old man's uh like uh son and his wife and he goes like revenge and then just burns down the, the house but like that's that's kind of like what it, it it coattails to and then like I, i'm not really sold by johnny lee miller's uh, performance here as frankenstein because a lot of what what it comes down to is him just shouting there's not a lot of like uh, acting there, there there's not a subtlety uh, so yeah maybe like 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 he only has like just one voice and that's all he uses is just shout there's there's almost not a lot, a lot of emotion in his voice because that's oh. that's all that it is it's like i mean uh, he can't be young Frankenstein. I'm 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 not advocating for young Frankenstein. I'm 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 at, I'm I want to see someone that has like some kind of, you know, some levity to his performance. Something that can have like you know that can be somber and like kind of like be a little bit more like relaxed at times. But all all it is is just, oh, the monster, he's here. Or like, oh, we're supposed to be married. Well, like, like, like when he's talking to uh, his, uh, his betrothed, it was Elizabeth, I think. Yes, who's, who's uh, played by Naomi Harris here, and she's fine. I think she's actually pretty good. She's one of the better performances here. But I, I and this is also someone I talked about before. But um, the actor who plays uh, Frankenstein's father here, who um, let me pull up the name real fast. Uh, George Harris, who, oh. uh, who's uh, best known for playing Kingsley in uh the harry potter films yep like he's very miscast here and it's not it's it has nothing to do with like the race like angle here as well it's just like his performance it's it's just it's like oh my boy oh he's dead oh i i I, know like it's that's just how it's coming off it's there's not a lot of like weight to like how he's like reacting here it's just like oh it's it, it feels very like high school level when it comes to acting but like i even like i was talking to uh john like before we even uh started recording but like he's got a pretty extensive background here um you know he was he was in uh raiders of the lost ark uh black hawk down like uh, he's you know he's really made a name for himself for, for the last like 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 30 years or so but it, it it's not i'm not seeing that here it, it's it feels very bare bones and I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't really taken by it. It's just me. Um, uh, it, it, I mean, it got a lot of praise. You know, uh, this. I mean, this was at the the Royal National Theater in, in England. 
but you know, like, like, I don't know. I, I remember John, didn't you say that you saw this before as well? Um, I saw it mentioned. I was going to mention that I saw other national productions on demand. Um, the Jane ear and the 12th night were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just, it, it didn't do it for me. I, I, I it's, I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. I mean, yeah, you know, like for for anyone else, you know, like that that's that's fine that you enjoyed it, but I know it's I don't know. I didn't have a lot to take away from it. You know, I I, I joked about it like uh, maybe a week ago too when I was talking to you guys about it in the chat, but I, I almost thought Robert De Niro's performance was better here than Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I, I mean that wow. it, it, it that's almost that's almost humorous to, for me to talk about that, but uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's just that's just my takeaway. Sorry, the Nero's oh. best performance since Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> I am the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> Do not put that fire near me. It sounded more like Joe Pesci. <laughs> no, no, Joe Pesci was would be more down here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I want to. What, what do I do? What do I scare you? What's that little guy gonna do? <laughs> you motherfucker! You you want to? I I got bolts in my neck. I think we found our dream cast. We just cast all these Italians in classic fucking you know Victorian gothic I, novels. I, I dream castles in the attic. You know what? I, I you know what? They're still alive. They're still healthy. I I say James. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Martin Scorsese directs Frankenstein stage adaptation, and then we swap performances with Frankenstein and the monster with De Niro and Pesci. Oh, all right, I can dig it. <laughs> I want to see this now. Yep. Here's my Joe Pesci, because I'm a tough guy. I'll spit in your eye, because I'm a tough guy. Wow. That's his, uh, that's his uh his rap single, his big hit. Called oh, yeah. from his yep. second studio album it's like big in the 90s uh, oh. only 90 kids will remember <laughs> uh. um uh speaking of streaming i watched something really good uh you may remember cola scola i saw his live show difficult people he's on he's a comedian he's on at home with amy sedaris he's really funny um i saw his show i think it was entitled don't wake me i'm sleeping at joe's club well, no, not Don't Wake Daddy. It was at Joe's Pub last summer or the summer before. Well, actually, he has a new YouTube special by the name of Help, I'm Stuck with Cola Scola. And it's just the entirety of that show done from the quarantine of his apartment. So it's the same show, just in quarantine and filmed with a camera. And it's hilarious. I I, I recommend watching it. I love it so huh. much. It's, it's super funny. And it's an hour long. It's an hour of free content. <laughs> Does he bring something new uh, that you wouldn't get from the special? Like, is there a reason to watch it? Well, the new quality is just seeing how he does this in his, like, two-by-four New York apartment. I'm I'm seeing the thumbnail of the video, and he's got, like, chocolate on his mouth. Yeah, he opens it by saying, clearly, you think I ate shit, don't you? (laughs) And I I love him. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. And they're like long-winded little skits that get to gags. And I told you like last summer there was a gag about uh, um, Ikea and Ashley, uh, Ashley, whatever her name, Furniture is. Ashley's Furniture. furniture. Oh my God. I want to redo that skit. There's like a a Tennessee Williams parody. There's uh, Queers in History. 
it ends with a song entitled Poopy Sue. It, it's great. Hmm. It's just all around fun time. Nice. Wow. And uh, lastly, I think I'm going to recommend this or force you guys to make me get a double bill next time we're together. Because um, I got into some Andrew Lloyd Webber and it's not my favorite by far, but I did rewatch the Gerard Butler, Emmy Rossum <laughs> masterpiece that is Phantom of the Opera. Followed up by a production of Love Never Dies, the sequel to The Phantom of the Opera. Wait, what? That exists? Oh, yeah, that Matt, exists. it has existed for years, and it is <laughs> just as horrible as then. It's never made it to Broadway because it's so bad. <laughs> wow. It and is just it, awful. Is it still uh, ALW? Yes. But it's based on a book because apparently, I don't know if it's a, no, no, no. There was like a fan fiction because there's tons of phantom fan fiction that got published um, from the original Gaston Leroux novel. But uh, the phantom sequel. fiction? Well, yeah, yeah fan mm-hmm. fiction is what we call it, except it's PH instead of F. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the sequel is about the phantom goes to Coney Island and he becomes an impresario. But the book is a lot darker because like he, he like. He becomes a disciple of the god of greed. It's really weird and strange, but this is just a complete shit show of all theater. There's a song about Phantom and Christine fucking so hard. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's like, and then I touched you, and then I fucked you, and it was good, and the night went on. <laughs> and it is just a show. I watched this drunk during a live stream with other fans that were watching it, and it was hilarious. They were just calling the Phantom a simp, and it was it was glorious. I <laughs> I want to retire that word simp. It, it, no. it, it's getting uh, too. Sounds much. like something a simp would say. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, don't, don't don't even start. <laughs> I, I, I'm still. I don't even know. I, I'm I'm barely familiar with this word. <laughs> with the with the note with the um the words the kids are using nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the original Phantom of the Opera, and by original I mean the movie version where Gerard Butler tries to sing for an hour and a half. Oh oh my god. It is a transformative experience because he cannot (laughs) sing. He is just screaming the whole time. (laughs) Why did they And it's also directed by Joel Schumacher, who you may know from Batman and Robin fame. <laughs> oh, God. Why did anybody think of casting Gerard Butler for anything? I don't know. He's just not suited Yeah. for for anything. And he just has a song that's like, This is the point of no return! And we're like, this is insane, Gerard. This, <laughs> oh. this isn't using your voice, but yeah, we will definitely be watching Phantom of the Opera. And... Uh. Perhaps love never dies if I strap you, lock the doors, close the windows. Oof. So you better pray this virus never ends. <laughs> you think when he was singing uh, The Point of No Return, he was actually talking about his career? Yeah, hasn't he not been in anything for a good long while? No, I mean, he had, he had, I mean, he had, he had a big career even like yeah. after that movie. I mean, he, he was like, just three... in uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Something oh, yeah. has fallen. Yeah, that, 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 that's a big film franchise you know the olympus london has fallen angel has fallen i think that was the last one that came out yeah yeah you're probably mm-hmm. right mm. yeah well, that ends my theater we got one more segment 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> what is this one? I forgot. <laughs> Disc jockeys? Disc jockeys, that's it. Dick yeah. jockeys. <laughs> I got my dick jockeys right here. <laughs> You're making a mockery of our mockery of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> um, yeah, who listened to music? <laughs> Did you not listen to music either? <laughs> no, I listen. I listened to some. All right. Well, why don't you go? <laughs> All right. Um, well, Matt, did you listen to any? I, I listen to some. All right. I got go All right. I, I listened to um, Carsey Headrest's uh, new album. Oh, uh, that's one of mine. A Door Less Closed. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you feel about it? <laughs> it's okay. It's he's not great anymore <laughs> no i'm i'm kind of disappointed by that too yeah um, I, I mean i was i think what really pulled me in was uh teens of denial like that yes. that was like the big one and uh like th- there's some really good songs in there uh, some that i like i still listen to today oh yeah um, no that that is a very solid record but uh I, I remember like his last album that came out too was uh kind of it just kind of came out like no one was yeah. really talking about it I mean, I, I think that one's fine. You know, it's not Same. like, I don't think it's groundbreaking, but, uh, uh I, I, I've listened to the original version of that when it came out and people loved the original version. Yeah. The LP. And, uh, I, I still wasn't that crazy about it, uh, about twin fantasy. Like I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. And then, uh, the re-release comes out and I'm just like, okay, like, I guess he's doing this for the fans, which I appreciate. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody really gravitated to it or really asked for it. No, but, uh, I, I think he's he's trying to like please himself more. Um, he's, like he's definitely trying. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. Like, um, I think he thought for Twin Fantasy it was an unfinished kind of project that he wanted to see to completion, and now he's just like trying to trying things that he. Now that he has an audience, he can like pull off. Now that he's not trying to like get that many new followers, I guess, because uh, I guess he has like a steady income and he, he could just kind of, he doesn't have to appeal to the mainstreamer anymore. So he's doing some wacky stuff that uh, isn't really working for me. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like this is, it's, it's either him experimenting. Uh, with some new stuff or this is something that he always wanted to kind of work on in terms of like the whole electronic scene now that he has i mean it's kind of divided how the album is because there's some of that kind of like classic like like uh like punk rockish um songs that he has on here i think uh was it hollywood i think might be one of them here or a a weird one or uh or deadlines I'm, i'm i'm trying to remember um but uh it's yeah i i feel like he's trying to be like a new age beck Uh, that Mm. that's what that's what kind of like makes me think about it and uh it it doesn't really resonate with me like the like the i I don't i'm trying to listen to the lyrics of it too and they just don't stand out yeah i feel like he's more like a contemporary beck and not popular beck from the 90s no and uh, i i was i was looking at the um, uh, the comments here on YouTube and there's, and there's a lot of people that are like big stands of this music and hmm. they're, 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 and they're, like really no one's in like an 
uh, any kind of like negative for it. And uh, they've also like kind of the, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing the word pog used around quite a bit. I don't know if that's like, like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm not sure what that of, is. Um, some, something that relates to, uh, to, um, Carsey headrest here or, uh, or, uh, will in general, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm not, I'm not moved by it at all. Yeah. I think he's trying to uh, do something that's like character driven because I'm seeing a, a, this image of a uh, a man wearing kind of a gas mask here as well. That's kind of maybe somewhere in in, in line with uh, um, who's that band I'm, I'm thinking of right now? Um, you know, I wish we could turn back time to the good old. Who, who, who am I thinking of? Oh, I know that song. Yeah, that's not Gerard Butler. Um, <laughs> How am I supposed to know? Uh, fuck. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why I can't think of the band right oh, now. Oh, Twenty One Pilots. Twenty One Pilots. Yeah, like where they, they have you know they have a, a character that pops up you know that's like relevant in terms of the music that uh, that they that uh, he's putting out. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't dig the whole kind of electronic vibe he's got going on here. Um, it's 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 a long departure from what he started out with yeah i don't know we'll we'll see i hope he doesn't uh take long to release more new music because i mean there's still good stuff here mm-hmm. but, um yeah and i just hope he finds I, i'm gonna say finds his footing even though his fans might still appreciate the music but uh yeah, yeah this one isn't getting like it's not a critical darling by any means either so Mm-mm. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, but uh, at least we got that Teens of Denial record because yeah, that one. Oh, when it came out, yeah. I played it so many times. Yeah, that that that's something I always go back to. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, um, yeah that that's that's all that's all I have for right now. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think I'll have something for next time. I think I just want to I want to do a deeper dive before I talk about the this other band I've been listening to. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apart from uh, Car Seat Headrests, I've been spinning the new Fiona Apple record, too. That has really uh, grown on me. I mean, I liked it. <laughs> you know, hold on, Matt. You know Julie yeah. Klausner made fun of that album, right? Oh, no, I, haven't, I didn't see that. Is there a song that's like, good morning, good morning, you raped me in our bed? Like, is yeah. that Fiona Apple? She yep. made fun of it and she was just laughing. She's like, can you imagine if Debbie Reynolds was still alive? And she she's like, she starts the song and she's like, oh, it's a it's a parody of Good Morning, Good Morning, which I sung in Singing in the Rain. And they get to the line where <laughs> he rapes me in my bed and she would just go, oh, Lord, and die. <laughs> like, like if, if she was still alive, that that would have killed her. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's not quite a version of that Good Morning. <laughs> It's not well, as happy. It's not as sing-songy as that. But it starts the same way. <laughs> it's a little similar. There's some similarities in the in the notes. <laughs> but I don't think it's trying to be that. Uh, I just want. I, I, I mean, be wrong. you are Julie Klausner because you talk about everything she talks about. No, that was. Uh, no, I haven't really listened to her in a while since she was. Uh, she used to be on the Best Show with Tom Sharpling quite a bit, and uh, since Difficult mm-hmm. People. But since then, no, I haven't really checked her out but uh that's good (laughs) thank you for bringing that to my attention that sounds pretty fun uh but that song no that song is heartbreaking (laughs) (laughs) really i wouldn't have thought with the the subject matter (laughs) 
but uh but it's a good record all around it's it's really just yeah i kind of see why people are are giving it so many awards so many uh uh adoration and such um yeah it's still the number one record of all time on metacritic still has a perfect 100 and uh the in terms of the musicality of it there's some of it that has um it's not immediately accessible like uh if you just try to get into it coming off of like pop music or uh that sort of scene you're going to be taken aback a little bit but um Mm. if you if you give it a few more spins it'll definitely like really grow on you and it'll almost become kind of catchy at times um but yeah it is a, a bit of a difficult listen which is why i don't think i gravitated to it as much as i did her last album from uh 2012 but yeah, no, this is, uh, it's fantastic, and it's really great to see her just more so, like, coming into her own. Like, uh, from her last album, she sounded really strong already, just as a, as a voice, and this one just kind of reinforces that. So, still listening to it, still gets, like, at least one, one listen a day, probably, I would say. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a fantastic record, and... Let's see. There was a, oof, there were a couple more things that I did not write down, and now I'm forgetting them. Mm. Uh, I think there were songs. There was like a couple, <laughs> couple songs I enjoyed. Did they have words? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what was in the news recently? Actually, that I was thinking about. Um, Grimes is now. Oh a yeah. And uh, yeah, that's actually making like lots of headlines. That's crazy. Oh. The- uh, the new baby, new alien she gave birth to. Yeah, the unpronounceable yeah. name. It's a, it's a little bit weird to think of uh, Grimes as a mother, Elon Musk and Grimes together trying to take care of this baby. I, <laughs> I mean, I, like more power to them because they allow them. They like each of them allows <laughs> the other to be as eccentric as possible with no judgment. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. they're a good fit. Uh, but I just hope they really have a damn good nanny. <laughs> To take care of this child because oh uh yeah but I, I i somewhat like the child's name because part of the <laughs> shut up part, matt shut up no, no no it's just because part of the child's name one of the characters i believe it's the one that grimes said was the her elven spelling of love <laughs> uh that that kind of those characters are taken from a song that i like called 4am that I think I mentioned before. It's on the Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 soundtrack. And that's just a really good song. But uh, yeah, this kid, I, I feel sorry for it. <laughs> but we'll see. Oh. It's got that Musk money. Yeah, I know. Why you feel sorry? That baby's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's it for me for uh, disc, dick, Dick's Jackies. All right. Um, I guess I'll bring this one home. I'll spin this record. I'll race this horse. I bought myself a little... Uh, a pre-birthday present that I'm sure you'll all be enamored by. Um, there is an opera singer that I happen to love by the name of Leah Tyne Price that I've been obsessed with since I was, oh, probably eight years old. Was she, the, one, I, was she the child that's on the Masked Singer that was just un- unmasked this week? No. Nope, oh, she wasn't. That's the only opera singer I know. But um, <laughs> I love her so much. I bought 10 recordings of her albums remastered to CD that I'm going to play and cry to 
for the inevitable future that I love. Um, now that that's out of the way, Gaga is also giving me a birthday present one day late. She mm. has changed the date of Chromatica to be May the 29th, which is the day after my birthday. So as soon as midnight drops, baby. Oh, you know it's going to leak beforehand. You'll be listening oh. to that while you're blowing out the candles. It's already leaked, baby. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. Uh, I think this is going to be good. It's her returning to her pop roots, which I'm very happy about. Um, I think, didn't, what's her, Haley release a new song or something like that? One of the... Halsey? Not Haley Williams. Is that Halsey? Oh, Paramore? Paramore. Yeah. Wow. As soon as you said that, I was looking at a post about it. That's so weird. Yeah. She um, released a new song that was apparently pretty good. I haven't given it a listen yet. It's on my list. Um, Someone put out a song of the summer. I'm a big fan. I mentioned her previously on the podcast. Uh, German pop singer Kim Petras released uh, Malibu, which is actually really good. I think Matt would be into it because it gives me some Carly Rae Jepsen vibes. Hmm, okay so i think he'd be into it and i just like her as a singer i'm getting back into a, a poppy kick it's been a long time but i think i'm i'm returning to pop all right nice cool. the stupider the better <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i guess uh this record has been spun this horse has come home off to the glue Ooh. factory <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to mark? Well, well I, I guess I have to say goodbye. <laughs> You'll never see me again. <laughs> Until next time, though, because yeah. we still. <laughs> oh fuck me! <laughs> well, where 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 can uh, everyone else reach us? I'm terrible at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, you can find me, Jonathan Gwykowski, on this podcast at uh, Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter. You can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, uh, where we currently watched a few episodes of Saint Seiya, and we're going to continue our Revolutionary Girl Utena dive on Mother's Day tomorrow with uh, the end of season two, the Black Rose Saga. Uh, you can find me over at MZBro Jr. over on Instagram or uh, Manor West Hats over on Twitter. Uh, you can find me hosting a, a new Netflix After Dark show with uh, with a certain uh, preeminent uh, 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 face of television um, who famously has no eyebrows. The new television show is Making Whoopi with Whoopi. Oh! And we're gonna we, we got some recipes for uh, for having a good time. Does it air right after that HBO uh, Sesame Street late night show? Or yeah, you can find it on the Spice Channel. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of Sesame Street, there's a little there's a little blurb at the a little PSA that says, "Tune into the Spice Channel for extra content." <laughs> Bring the kids <laughs> for, for some puppet play. Uh, well, <laughs> until next time. Sayonara. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. And kiss your mother goodbye. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Joe Pesci? <laughs> I just Break meant inside. <laughs>
We hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening, as much as we had with you. If you're not too hungover, or haven't thrown up on your cat yet, please be so kind to rate, review, and subscribe to us on various podcast platforms. Oh, it looks like Matt's passed out in a bag full of McDonald's and John's swinging a wine bottle at me. I guess it's time for me to get going. Good night, everyone, and make sure to tip your Uber driver.